The following is a presentation of Tomorrow's World. Doctors have the very difficult task of determining a patient's state of health. Unlike God, they can't see every cell, every muscle fiber, every neuron, so they take measurements. They take your temperature, your blood pressure, etc. They go through a series of measurements and tests to come up with a diagnosis. Is this patient healthy or terribly sick? Well, today I'm going to ask you to come with me and help me make a diagnosis. Is modern Christianity a healthy, vibrant specimen of the church Jesus Christ intended it to be? Or do we have a very sick patient on our hands? The answer may shock and surprise you. Stay tuned. The exam starts in 30 seconds. Greetings and welcome to Tomorrow's World. I'm glad you're joining us today. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been to a doctor's office for a checkup? I have. I've had my temperature taken to see if I have a fever. I've had my heart rate and blood pressure checked against the healthy norms for my age. They've stuck me with needles to check my blood sugar and cholesterol levels against the generally accepted values for good health. They call many of these measurements vital signs because they help the doctor to understand the state of our health, the condition, good or bad, of our physical life. The theme is the same for all of these activities. Take a measurement and check the results against what we know those values should be. Is your temperature 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit or 37 degrees Celsius for our friends in Europe and elsewhere? Is your blood pressure above 120 over 80? When a doctor compares those measurements against healthy standards and one of those measures is off, maybe a cholesterol level is too high, maybe a high temperature or abnormal blood pressure, then the question becomes, what's wrong? We're not healthy. Why not? What needs to change? Where are we going wrong? Is it our diet? Do we have an infection? What is the diagnosis? Now, in your Bible, perhaps you've read about Luke, the beloved physician, as he's called in Colossians 4 and verse 14. Well, today on Tomorrow's World, we are going to play the role of beloved physician for a bit. You didn't know that you and Luke went to medical school together, did you? This will be our office, and we're going to take our patient and perform an examination. Check its vital signs. Is he healthy or not? And our patient is going to be modern-day Christianity. How healthy is it? Is it strong and robust? Or is it sickly and in need of an ambulance? And we will examine it just as a physician would. We'll examine the patient's attributes and compare our findings to appropriate healthy standards. Then later, for the very first time on television, we'll be offering you a free DVD titled The Big Picture that shows you a church that you can measure by those standards, an inspiring example of Christianity as it was truly meant to be lived. But first, we have a problem. How do we know what those healthy standards are? 
Picture all of the various denominations and sects that make up modern Christianity. The religion that claims more than two billion adherents worldwide exists in diverse countries and cultures with members of every race, class, and nationality. Where can we find a single set of standards that we can use to determine the health of such a global religion with such a wide diversity? We have that standard right here, the Christian Bible. All nominal Christians have generally one thing in common. They claim the teachings of Jesus Christ and the scriptures as the origin of their system of belief and practice. So we're going to use the scriptures as our guide while we examine the various facets of the faith that is believed and practiced today. For instance, let's start with a look at some of the traditions of Christianity. Come December 25th, you'll find most of the world's Christians keeping Christmas. While details vary from place to place, you'll readily find Christmas trees decorated and presents exchanged. Public calls to remember the reason for the season, the birth of Jesus Christ, will be frequent and vocal. Three or four months later, Easter will arrive with sunrise services, Easter egg hunts, with candy and brightly colored eggs, and images of the Easter bunny everywhere and almost impossible to avoid. Now, it's a well-known fact of history that the holidays of Christmas and Easter are combinations of pagan influences and symbols and practices that were brought into Christianity centuries ago. Now, most recognize this, but they argue it really doesn't matter. Christ freed us to worship as we please, many say. And after all, these are good traditions and we like them. Well, that's the patient's condition. Now let's go to the standard. Before turning to the words of Christ, let's look at a passage in the Old Testament. Turn in your Bible if you have one handy and never take my word for it. Always read it in the Bible for yourself. Turn to the book of Deuteronomy in chapter 12 where God gives a very straightforward commandment concerning whether or not practices of pagan origin should be used to worship him. In verse 30 of chapter 12, we read of God speaking to Israel concerning the pagan peoples around them. Do not inquire after their gods, saying, how did these nations serve their gods? I also will do likewise. You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way. Notice, he didn't just say, don't worship their gods. He said, don't worship me in those ways. We could turn to other Old Testament verses as well. Jeremiah 10, where God commands that we not learn the way of the Gentiles, the pagan peoples, not to go cut down a tree and decorate it and bring it into our home like the pagans had done. But of course, that was the Old Testament. We're here to examine the New Testament church that Jesus founded. And with these commandments in mind, what was Jesus teaching concerning traditions such as Christmas and Easter? We find those in Mark chapter 7. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites. As it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. He concludes strongly in verse 9. All too well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your tradition. 
The religious leaders of Jesus' day were doing exactly as modern Christianity is doing now, ignoring God's commandments in order to keep their own traditions. And more importantly, Jesus Christ, the founder of Christianity, strongly condemned this. So this first measurement of our patients' vitals isn't giving a great result. But maybe things will get better. Let's look further. One thing that must strike anyone viewing modern Christianity is its level of financial success. Christianity is big business. Christian books fill entire sections of our bookstores, and Christian music is as big as ever, with growing sales, concert schedules, and its own award ceremonies. On television, Christian ministers hold marathon fundraising drives, asking viewers for donations. Sometimes a trinket or a product is offered with a suggested donation of a love gift. Well, what is wrong with that? Is it okay for ministers to use Christianity as a profit center? Not profit like Isaiah, but profit as in financial profit. Again, let's go to the standard. Let's turn to that passage where the Apostle Paul appeals to the public for donations. Oh, wait, there is no such passage Actually, the Apostle Paul warns against considering godliness to be a source of financial gain. But more crucial here is, again, the words of the founder of Christianity itself. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 8, Christ tells those he is sending out into the ministry, Freely you have received, freely give. Jesus Christ commands those who would preach his word not to turn what he has given them into an opportunity to make money. He commands ministers to freely give. It looks like we've diagnosed another sign of ill health in modern Christianity. However, this does bring us to the DVD that we're making available today. As many of you know, we here on Tomorrow's World believe in Christ's command to give freely with a passion, and we do not appeal to the public for money. Well, today is no exception. If you will call or write today, we'll send you absolutely free of charge or obligation our new DVD, The Big Picture. This DVD will go behind the scenes to reveal the living church of God. It will trace the history of the church of God from its creation in the first century to the modern era. You'll see men and women, families of all ages and nationalities practicing living Christianity. This professional DVD is absolutely free. All you have to do is call or write today. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. 
Tomorrow's World. Call now. Welcome back. We've been examining modern-day Christianity on our program today, giving it a checkup, and considering its state of health. Now let's continue and look at another aspect of our patient, modern Christianity's approach to biblical prophecy. Now, of course, some modern-day prophet wannabes use prophecy as an opportunity for profit and to sell books, a problem we've already discussed today. But by and large, most Christian churches seem to generally avoid prophecy altogether. If you hear about it at all, it's simply a point of interest or a fascinating morsel here or there. However, prophecy in general is considered by many churches to be a source of distraction from the gospel. Well, again, let's check the standard. Let's check our patient's vital sign against the word of God and the teachings of Christianity's founder, Jesus Christ. The book of Revelation, an entire book in the New Testament devoted to prophecy, states very directly on its pages, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The first verses of that book powerfully state, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it. For the time is near. The book of Revelation covers the continuous story of the Christian church from the time of the apostles, which was immediately ahead for them, all the way up to the future return of Jesus Christ and beyond, which is immediately ahead of us. And far from saying prophecy should be avoided or minimized, Christ plainly says that those who read the prophecy and act on it will experience blessings. Why would any church want to avoid or withhold the blessings that Christ pronounces on those who seek to understand prophecy? Truth be told, the Bible pictures a church in the first century for whom prophecy was alive and a vital part of what they preached. Peter, the leading apostle at the beginning of the church, says plainly in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 19 that we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Uh-oh, frankly, it looks as though today's patient has another ailment. Well, if the church wasn't preaching about prophecy, it had to be preaching about something. Let's look at some of the doctrines of modern Christianity. Now, most of us are familiar with many of them. For instance, most teach that when a believer in Christ dies, he or she will go to heaven, while those who are not believers will go to an ever-burning place of torment for eternity. Also, most flavors of modern Christianity teach that the commandments of God were done away by Christ and nailed to the cross so that we don't have to keep God's law any longer. Or others teach a modified version of that statement where some commandments are still good, but others, like the seventh-day Sabbath, were disposed of by Christ. Actually, to be honest, it's hard to discuss the doctrines of the modern Christian church because they vary so much from denomination to denomination, even within denominations. Do you baptize infants or not? Do you baptize by sprinkling water or complete submersion? Should Christians meet on Saturday or Sunday? Or is it any day of the week that's just fine? 
You get 10 Christians together and ask them about the doctrines of their churches, you're likely to get 10 different sets of answers. But what does the Bible say about this? Well, let's look at one of the doctrines we mentioned earlier. Going to heaven or hell for eternity when we die. Does the Bible speak of a conscious state immediately after death? Quite the contrary. Verses like Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 5 tell us very directly, the dead know nothing. The apostle Peter explains even after Christ's death and resurrection that King David is still dead in his grave. And the Apostle Paul explains to the Christians in Thessalonica that dead Christians are not alive now in heaven, but are sleeping the sleep of death and awaiting the resurrection of their bodies at Christ's future return. And as for a Christian world that cannot agree on even its most fundamental doctrines, Paul has scathing words. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. And that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. In fact, Paul says plainly elsewhere, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Do you see peace and order and lack of confusion when you look over the doctrines of the various sundry churches that collectively call themselves Christianity? Non-biblical doctrines? Confusion and chaos in doctrinal differences? On this count, I think we have to agree another of our patient's vital signs is showing a negative result. It's enough to make one wonder if Jesus Christ is really alive and leading the church like the scriptures say he is. And that's a point we should look at too. Another means of taking Christianity's blood pressure or temperature. Let's examine the Jesus Christ that it claims to worship. Now, most modern Christian ministries and priesthoods seem to claim that Christ kept the commandments so you don't have to do so that he came to do away with his father's laws and commandments. Obeying the Ten Commandments has nothing to do with eternal life, they'll claim. There's nothing for you to do because he did it all. Is this the sort of religion that Jesus Christ came to establish on the earth? How do these claims compare to the standard, to the scriptures and teachings of Christ? Christ answers that question for us directly in the Gospel of Matthew. Have the commandments of God passed away? Should we no longer teach obedience to them? In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 17, we read Christ's answer. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill, or to fill to the full. He didn't do away with them. He made them even more binding, not just in the letter, but in the spirit. Let's turn to 1 John in chapter 2. The keeping of the commandments is so vital, so central, so essential to Christianity that the apostle John is able to make a powerfully bold statement in 1 John 2 and verses 3 through 4. Now by this we know that we know him. If we keep his commandments... He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar. 
and the truth is not in him. As Christ himself says in Matthew chapter 7, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Those who teach that Christ did away with the law of God, that he did away with the necessity of keeping God's commandments, are told here by Jesus Christ, I never knew you. They're told by the Apostle John that they have no idea who Christ even is. As doctors examining modern Christianity, we must admit that at this point things look very, very bad for our patient. We have one more important point that I'd like to discuss with you first before we can definitively announce our diagnosis. But let me take a moment first to remind you of the free DVD we're offering today, The Big Picture. Is there really a church that practices these things, that keeps the biblical commandments and holy days of God instead of the traditions of men, that really does obey Christ and give all their material away for free without asking the public for donations? We've created this special DVD to answer that very question. My friends, there is. If you would like to see what a church like that looks like, then this DVD is one of the most exciting videos you'll watch in a long time. Simply call or write to request your free copy today. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Welcome back. Well, we are almost done examining our patient, and we have one more vital statistic to check. What is the purpose of the Christian church? What is it supposed to be doing in the world? Modern Christianity is in utter confusion on this point. Some believe the church should be heavily into politics. Others, that it should be devoted to feeding the hungry. The list goes on and on and on. But when we look in Scripture, we find a church that was dynamically alive, supernaturally empowered, and focused like a laser beam, consumed with a driving purpose, a purpose commanded by Jesus Christ himself. Turn to Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That gospel is often misunderstood. 
Many believe it to be simply the story of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And while it certainly does include teaching about Jesus' sacrifice for our sins and his subsequent glorification, the gospel that Jesus Christ brought to this earth was the gospel of the kingdom of God. Turn back just a little bit in your Bible to the first chapter in Mark, verses 14 through 15. Now, after John the Baptist was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The church was to go all out, giving its everything to preach a message about the soon coming government of Jesus Christ on this earth. And a church that is failing in that mission is a church that is failing at the very purpose for which Jesus Christ created the church in the first place. My friends, let's look at our patient. Don't we have enough evidence to make our diagnosis? The tragic state of modern Christianity is that it is completely detached from its biblical foundations and from the teachings and commandments of Jesus Christ who created the church for his purpose. We cannot ignore the symptoms. We can't live in denial. We have to ask ourselves, if Jesus Christ is alive in heaven and running his church as he promised, is that church somewhere else? Friends, Jesus Christ does have a church here in this troubled world that is committed to his word above all else. A church that he runs from heaven. A church that does keep the biblical holy days and commandments instead of the pagan hybrid and commandment ignoring traditions of modern Christianity. And a church that is passionately devoted to spreading the prophetic gospel of the real, visible, world-ruling kingdom of God free of charge into all the world before the end of the age, at all costs, in all seasons, and against all opposition. Christ promises us in Matthew 16 and verse 18 that this church will exist until the end of the age. However imperfectly we may strive, we here at Tomorrow's World do strive to be a part of that church. Maybe you've wondered if such a church exists. All I can advise you to do is to put God and Jesus Christ to the test and let them prove it to you. Please don't forget to request your copy of the inspiring free DVD that we've offered on today's program. And please don't forget to come back next week. Roderick Meredith, Richard Ames, Rod King, and I will be back right here to boldly explain truths from God's Word and the prophecies of tomorrow's world that you won't find anywhere else. Until then, take care. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown.
To view today's program, order the free literature offered, or for more information on today's vital subject, visit us online at www.tomorrowsworld.org. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.